Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week it is myself and Matt. Matt, say hello. Hello. We're going to be doing week 14 review, week 15 preview. Fantasy is getting incredibly interesting, so we might have to leave some time, some more time open for that at the end of the show, as well as league leaders. Kind of an interesting week, week 14. Uh, I think, you know, I, I just felt like there was, if in all honesty, I'm not sure how much I can take away from all these games. There were odd performances. How do you feel about week 14? Do you feel like you took a lot away from it or it was just kind of, it was a weird week for me? Um, no, I think uh, despite what my preds might <laughs> say, Yes. And I, I am glad that I have a chance now to defend myself. Despite what my preds seem to say, you, I think you this were was... going for a home run there. I was. This was a very instructive week. I think this was an instructive... Yeah, so I guess I disagree entirely with you. Okay. With what you're saying is I think um, what we've always talked about with the CFL is uh, variance, right? So standard deviations for teams are much higher what I think we're seeing now is that we can pinpoint the teams that have a higher midpoint. I mean, and it's your it's your what you've talked about with MBT, the, yeah. the floor and the ceiling, right? So yes. to jump ahead, I think we can say that Winnipeg has the highest ceiling and maybe a middle of the pack floor, yes. whereas Saskatchewan has a middle bottom floor. And a middle top ceiling. Yes. So, um, yeah, it doesn't make it any easier to, to predict the upcoming games because they could all they could all flip. But you know, I, I think that is instructive to kind of get a better idea of the standard deviations. Like, what what are the floors and ceilings for each of these teams? So, I mean, let, yes. we can jump right into it, but. You know, I think uh, Toronto and Ottawa was very instructive about oh, that was this. That's the only game that I have truly hot takes on. This <laughs> okay, but okay. let's start. Your, let's get into it. Let's start Montreal, BC. Uh, the Alouettes pick up the victory, thirty-one to ten over the Lions. Uh, I mean, uh, so okay. So this is why I say it wasn't incredibly instructive. I will say I'll start with this game. I said in last week's episode that. If BC got even mediocre quarterback play, they'd be you'd be able to win this one. Well, they didn't get mediocre quarterback play. They got bad quarterback play, like pretty pretty bad quarterback play. However, it wasn't like I it didn't feel like the Alouettes put in some stellar performance. Now they won handily, and winning is you know winning by twenty one against any team is great, but I felt like they weren't. It wasn't a dominant performance by Montreal to make me say, okay, wow, they're really, you know, planting their flag and making a point. So I felt like I going away from the game, knowing how bad BC was, I didn't really feel like I had a gauge on things. That's kind of what I what I mean in terms of this one, where I'm like, yeah, obviously BC without Rourke and without a quarterback and only playing Vernon Adams for four possessions uh, was just horrible. They were horrible. But Montreal, I don't think they set the world on fire. But I don't know. It was, it was a weird one for me. It was a weird vibe. What I'm, what I'll say is I, I don't know what Rick Campbell is scared of. 
Well, he's starting VA this upcoming no, I know, week. Yeah, but like, I, yes. I just I don't I don't understand like why maybe he didn't. he's worried about VA getting injured. Like, you know, because obviously that can happen when when people yeah. are confused. Like, every injury basically happens with a hesitation, yes. right? If if you're if you're thinking about something else and you're you're trying to remember a play, you're not focusing on the play in front of you. You're not focusing on the the players in front of you and you can just get smoked. Right. So yes. maybe there's an injury thing, but why I don't understand the decision to play Antonio Pipkin. Sorry, everybody. We were just rudely interrupted by a faulty internet connection. I feel like we're in Germany. These <laughs> things happen all the time. Uh, before we were so rudely interrupted, Matt, you were talking about maybe Campbell not wanting to put VA out there injury concerns because he's not, you know, fully up to up to snuff on the playbook and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh injury concerns, but I, I guess I'm not just not clear about what Rick Campbell was concerned about with it it's clear to me that the direction for the BC is not Antonio Pipkin. Yes. Right? So it doesn't make sense to me to play him really at all. Um you know, there's a reason you traded for Vernon Adams, <laughs> right? Like so it's simple. It, it, I think it, I think it can be summed up as simply as that, right? Yeah. So and so I, I don't understand the the hesitance to play Vernon Adams, other than maybe an injury concern that he's not focused on the game; he's focused on the play, and he can get taken out. Um, that makes sense to me. Um, but to play him at all, and then to I, I don't know, it just didn't. Yeah, it didn't jive with my sensibilities of what, you know, what what I would do if if I were a coach, and and then like I think we all agree, and obviously BC agrees that Antonio Pipkin is not the direction for this team. So why give him the reps and take those because because it, it is a zero sum game. Every rep that Antonio Pipkin takes yeah. is a rep away from Vernon Adams, and at this point we're thinking Rourke might be back. For yeah. week twenty one, I'm not thinking that, but yes, I, there's. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, yeah. but that's as best case scenario is you need to, I guess, secure home team advantage, home field advantage, home field advantage yes. for, or potentially even, you know, get uh, secure a buy in the first round. But at at the very least, you're trying to get home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs. Yes, with Vernon Adams. Yes, yes. So, so I. I, I completely agree. I mean, that's what I, we were we had discussed this the night the, during the game, and then after the game, Campbell said, "I think I'm paraphrasing, but he it was something effect you know after Vernon went out there and he did not have successful series. You know, he had a turnover. It wasn't his fault. His receiver fumbled. He was sacked. He wasn't moving the ball a lot. And Campbell just said, "Oh, we didn't you know didn't want to put him in that position." But I completely agree with your point, Matt. So, yeah, he now has another week of practice under his belt heading into Calgary. But now he's getting his first major look against the Calgary Stampeders instead of getting his first major look against the Montreal Alouettes. And while right. I respect both teams as, foot, you know, fucking professional football teams, I think if I were a quarterback coming in, I'd want to play against the Montreal Alouettes in my first extended action with the team rather than the Calgary Stampeders. Right. That's just, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, and especially, you know, when you get into BC down so much in the second half, there really wasn't, I get it if you say to yourself, 
okay, we're going to, you know, make a go for it uh, here, try and get it close before halftime. Um, but they were not competitive. Like, I, Pipkin coming in for that last uh, possession of the half was, like, one of, one of the odder things I've ever seen because you'd given Harris this run, and then you're like, all right, yeah, Pipkin, come on in with, uh, you know, a minute left and try to throw a couple bombs. And it's like, what? What? Like that it was it was shocking i don't know it was yeah, weird I, I i don't well that that's what really i don't get is yeah. like why, why is vern why did vernon not start and why did he come in in the middle and then go out again and then go out again i yes. i really i was just like i what what's the strategy so yeah that was weird so <laughs> i'm glad we're past that and we're just gonna have vernon start at quarterback this week yes um uh, a tough assignment to say the least, but yeah, he is, he is BC's path to success going forward. And, you know, I, I am a big Vernon Adams supporter, but there's a reason he lost his job with Montreal to start with. I don't think this is like, it's not like, um, you know, BC's bringing in uh, Zach Caleros to start. There's no guarantees that Vernon is going to bring them back to even a semblance of what they were uh, with Rourke. But you traded for him. It's, this is the only path, logical path forward for you. So let's just go and stop wasting time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, I guess good job on uh, Montreal for getting a win. You can, you know, win's a good thing. And, and I think they're, I would feel pretty secure if I were them. Uh, that they're, geez, as I say that, I guess I just don't have a lot of faith in Hamilton or Ottawa, but Montreal is still only two games above, above third place in the East, which is kind of scary, but (laughs) you know, a good win for the Alouettes. Um, and it's, it's good to get, I think the biggest thing was that the running game was humming. Walter Fletcher averaging 5.6 yards a carry, just shroon 5.9 yards a carry, um, that's something they've been lacking and has been incredibly inconsistent with stand back out this season. Um, and so just getting more of that action, uh, was good to see. But like I said, still, I didn't feel like anybody was shining for the Alouettes in this one. And Jake Winicky managed to haul, haul in one reception for 10 yards. Just want to point that out. <laughs> good for Jake. Let's move on. This really one I have takes it. on. Oh, I, I love this it. one. I have takes on just because I was like, I was actually, I want to say incensed, but I was certainly incredibly frustrated during the fourth quarter of this game. I had, you know, I'm frustrated just thinking about it. Toronto comes out and they build a huge league lead at one time. They're up 13 to nothing. Okay. And then they're up 24, nine. And it's the fourth quarter, and you're like, perfect. You guys have done it. You guys have six. And then they just start crapping the bed. And they're just not playing well. And they're just letting Ottawa sneak back into this one. And I am starting to lose my mind. I'm like, guys, <laughs> you have a chance to to just b- bury a team. Just say, Ottawa, you're not. it's not today. We're the team to beat in the East. And I just could see it slipping away. Now, they held on to it. They got a few turnovers down the stretch. They got, you know, some turnovers on downs. 
and they got the thing done. But in what I thought was like, I, I early in the game, I was re- I was ready to tweet out like, "Wow, what a statement for." <laughs> the Argos and then late in the game I'm like what a missed opportunity (laughs) so it's just like the ultimate wave of emotions um and I just feel like they're not running like uh, I just want I want really want Toronto and I said the same thing on the pod last week this is maybe my biggest desire in the entire CFL right now is I want Toronto to do something that makes me think they can represent the east in the Grey Cup Hmm. Yeah. Right now, I would bet on. I mean, I would bet on Saskatchewan as crappy as they. No pun intended. Uh, as crappy as they've looked the past couple weeks, I would What's still. The pun? Oh, they had a massive diarrhea issue running through their locker room this oh, past I, game. I <laughs> Did you not about read about this? No, oh, you must have missed this. <laughs> yeah, they had a big stomach bug going through the. Uh, going through the teams supposedly it was like it was like it was just a mess mess. yeah um but you know i aj uh aj olette had a really good week 13 but this week 10 carries for 29 yards now he did get a touchdown really early on but that just sort of rushing production is is not gonna cut mustard it's not gonna get the job done when we get into the winter and, you know, things start getting cold and you need to run that football and it's going to be crappy weather. Um, on the other side of the ball, Ottawa, like a, a guy I've really, really liked this year, uh, Devontae Williams. Like, mm-hmm. Devontae Williams is a legit starter in this league. Like, I, I'm a fan of this guy. And I, I had said a couple weeks ago, I said that Toronto should actually trade for Devontae Williams uh, <laughs> because I didn't feel like, uh, Olette was the guy, and now I, I, I even feel that even more. Um, put put Williams behind a good offensive line and things are rolling, but that that's just my gripe. That's my take, is I was disappointed that Toronto didn't put their stamp on this game, didn't finish strong, and kind of let Ottawa back in, and it was just like, I was just disappointed that they didn't, didn't seize the moment, to my liking, which, you know, I'm such a strong critic. This is where I have to start mounting my defense for my one three pred week. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think it's clear gut, what you were trying. No, to no, do. well, no, no. I, I, I really wasn't swinging for the fences. I was so anyway. So my gut told me to pred exactly what you and Peter did. Yes. BC, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary. Um, would that I had done that, but I, I said. When I look into the games, actually, I'm pretty sure that Montreal can take it. And then I saw this game and I said, actually, I'm pretty sure that uh, or that Ottawa could take it. Now, the difference is I thought that Montreal can could beat BC yeah. where I thought that Toronto could lose this game yes. to the Red Blacks. And then at that point I was kind of committed, like, okay, I'm doing the, I'm doing it's opposite week. The bear. And, the bear. Yeah. <laughs> so and yes. I just I I committed to the bit. Um but yeah, I really for this one really did feel that um that Toronto was primed to lose this game. Um you know, you talk about putting the hammer down. They just don't they don't finish drops. They, they don't put the hammer down. Like they, you can't why why would you expect Toronto to put the hammer down? 
They they don't they don't I, I yeah, I like I, they don't finish drives. I mean, Boris Beatty with five field goal attempts this week. And Toronto Toronto now scoring two touchdowns is actually really impressive for them. <laughs> um considering that I think on the season they've scored a total of let's see 20 oh wow they've they've up they're up to 25 offensive touchdowns this season um, and let's not let's not also discount oh, sorry that. no they're, they're 20 offensive touchdowns so they're still <laughs> also tie, tied yeah, for last well, in the cfl let's not discount that you can't finish drives and your kicker is boris Beatty. Hey, this Boris is not Beatty's a good kicker. No, he's not. Yes, he's like hitting 83% of his kicks this year. He's a good kicker. If he's a good kicker, why doesn't he kick good? That's a good question. I think it was a bad week for kickers throughout all levels. Yeah, it's a bad season CFL, for kickers. To, it's a bad. And NFL kickers all really struggle. Suppose you're week. a kicker and suppose you're bad, but I repeat myself. Yeah, the last thing I'll say on this is the teams that Toronto would have to beat in a Grey Cup should they get there. I think, you know, Calgary, Winnipeg, maybe BC. But Calgary scored 10 more offensive touchdowns than them this year. Winnipeg, 19 more. And BC has scored 21 more offensive touchdowns than Toronto has this year. Right. I simply have no faith in them, and that's frustrating. Uh, Let's move on. As technical difficulties try to ruin what's a what is a perfectly good weekly CFL podcast, we're going to push through and we're going to talk Winnipeg, uh, Saskatchewan, the most dominant win of the year, the best win of the year um, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, in my opinion, on the biggest stage of the year with the Banjo Bowl, complete domination. Zach Galeros, twenty-one to twenty-four, um, four touchdowns. It was perfection. It was exactly what you want from a team uh, when they just took the game by the horns and said we're the best team in the CFL. It was actually it was awesome to see, um, but it also highlights that Sketch is just not a very good team. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, that being said, I just said on the last review that I think Sketch would beat Toronto, uh, but I, I feel like neither of them inspire confidence. Um, but Winnipeg... I mean, they were just so dominant in every facet of the game. It was, it was absolutely absurd. I mean, they sack Fajardo four times. Um, they get an interception. They get a fumble. They're knocking down passes. Uh, it was incredibly impressive. Do you have any spicy takes, or what's your big takeaway from this one? No, I, I, I think the big takeaway is this is kind of the game that or the type of games that Saskatchewan wins is when they play like this. So Cody was accurate, but short. Um, They had good running, a good running game. Um, But when you're running uh, up against, uh, up against, you know, Cody, uh, an average of um, 15. So an average of what? About Three, four yards, five yards per uh, per attempt or per completion. Yeah, um, you know it's just when you're when you're up against a team like the Blue Bombers with the defensive weapons, that is not going to be enough. Um, it'll get you far. It'll get you you know get you many things in life. Almost it'll to get, the top. Almost to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, can't get you everything. No. Um, 
And so, yeah, so this is this is the game I expected Saskatchewan to play. I'm very surprised in a good way with how well um, Winnipeg played. Um, but still, you know, it's not like they, it's not like one of the Bo Levi Mitchell gunslinger games, right? Or, or Nathan Rourke gunslinger games. You know, only 25 pass attempts from Zach Caleros, right? Oh, it's just so efficient. They got one, 10, 17, 23, yeah. 27 uh rush plays yeah i I, um yeah i I want to before i forget about it because this was maybe the most impressive thing i saw all weekend from any team was the winnipeg blue bombers stole a quarter from the riders in the first quarter i believe saskatchewan had the ball for a minute and 58 seconds so over the course of the game time of possession kind of evened out (laughs) and it ended up winnipeg uh, only had about 11 minutes more over right. the duration of the game. But the first quarter, the first quarter, Sketch had the ball for two minutes. That is the that is such a dominant, like that's a Chad move. <laughs> it's truly true. Like truly just st- like that's what I was, in the real time. I was like, they just stole yeah. a quarter of the game from them. Yeah. What, like, there was so dominant. It was what an absolute incredible way to start a game. Just two long drives, and in between you get a two and out. Ah, oh, it was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. That that was like I I don't have, and again as I started out, you know, the show. I don't think there's too much. I don't think there's. I don't think this game revealed anything we didn't know, but maybe it put more of a polish on those things. Yeah, that's Which fair. is that it was just like, and I, I love to see Bombers finally not playing to their competition. Right. Now, we have said, they always play a little bit above their competition, but they play to them nonetheless. Right. <laughs> this game, <laughs> they, they said, nah, we're just going to bury you. And it was yeah. pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. Any more notes on that before we move to the final game of the week? No, let's, let's pop right along. Take the lead on this one. I have, I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing for me that really stood out in this game is uh, that Tommy Stevens is a snake. Huh. He is the, the Sean McGuire of 2022. He, that, those are my points by right. No, dude, that those he stole are Kadeem Carey's No, those points. are my points by right. Oh, dude! Um, imagine if Kadeem just had I had one more of those touches. <laughs> that is probably the biggest takeaway. You're right. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest takeaway was uh, 28 points out of the Elks. I think weirdly, one of the, I think Taylor Cornelius is actually becoming a, like I think as the season progresses and if yes. he can keep it up into next year, I think he is a solid center. Um, I don't know how old this guy is. I believe he's twenty six. Ninety five. So, yeah. yeah so he's twenty six. Twenty six uh, years old. I think. I, I know, think this guy he, could be a a. I just don't think a, he's their think plan because I think there's a lot of. I completely agree. Like he has been put in just a horrible situation this year. They're trading away his offensive line week in and week out. And. But now all the reports are is that Trey Ford is back in the lineup. And even though Cornelius will start, I think 
you can read the tea leaves that Ford is the guy that they want to see get play the rest of the year, in yeah. my opinion. But I think that's a shame because I totally agree with what you said. So, yeah, so I, that that's too bad. But I think this guy could be a really great quarterback if given the reps in the O-line, um, yeah. which he obviously does not have right now. No. Um, this is a, a, you know, I. yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, I, I'm going to, we saw it coming yes. we, we knew that Jake Mayer, like the, the, the painful part is that we knew Jake Mayer was the future of the Calgary Stampeders yes. and you always hope for a little more of a graceful transition than this, but it's very clear that Jake Mayer is the future of the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. There's really, well, I don't know. He could always, he, we are one game <laughs> removed from an absolutely atrocious first half. <laughs> that had everybody questioning the reality of this quarterback situation. Um, and we should always say, as we make sure to preface, it was against the Elks. Yeah. But yes, yes. An offensive performance like this, um, I, I don't, I, I think that he's got a pretty long leash at this point. Right. And I every agree. game that goes by, I, I just think that leash gets longer. I know it was weird because we saw it with Hamilton last year where they were, you know, in a quarterback controversy deep into the season. Like, the final weeks, they were switching between Masoli <laughs> right. and Evans. Yeah. I think Calgary's too smart to do that. And okay. so every win that Mayer gets and every good showing he has like this week, I just think puts more nails in the coffin if it's not already sealed in terms of Bo Levi's future uh, in Calgary. And what's unfortunate is, wouldn't you think, um, I know he's not the oldest man in the world, but I think Bo, isn't, isn't, uh, isn't Bo about 34 right now? Let me tell you. Look that up for me. I will go to the, uh, he's younger than that. He's, uh, 1990, so he's 32. I. I He's just got wonder a... what his motivation is to go to another franchise and, and start over somewhere else. Because I would really would be quite lame for somebody's career to end like this, right? But oh, I, at yeah. 32 and having been in the league for and accomplished the things he has, um, you, you wonder if he just goes, all right, I had a good run, like... He's not going to go to, let's just, Hamilton. He's not going to go to Hamilton and get beat up the way Dane Evans has gotten beat up this year. I I disagree completely. Oh, really? I think we we have our proof right here in Montreal with Trevor Harris, who's older. I know, but I feel like Trevor, I feel like it's different situations. Like, you know, with Trevor getting traded at the end of last season and like, I just, I don't know. And I don't think, I just don't think, you know, Trevor's not, I don't think Trevor is quite at the level of Bo in terms of legacy. Um, so I feel like Trevor still has a lot more to prove, in my opinion. That's uh, both, fair. Both, But so that's, I, I think I'm accounting for like how good Bo's career has been. That it's like, what more does he have to prove? Nothing. I don't think, I don't think, you know, obviously he's a competitor. He wouldn't be playing if he didn't want to win. 
Uh, yeah, see, that, that's why exactly I don't think the... is there for him to. I don't know. Starting fresh seems like a crazy idea to me. Yeah, that's. I guess that's. I don't know. I don't know the psychology of a starting CFL quarterback. Wish I did. But, then I'd be successful. <laughs> but my mind doesn't immediately go to legacy. Yeah. In terms of, I think people think about legacy when it comes to um, protecting their own legacy. Yeah. Um, like Tom Brady is a great example. Like he didn't want to go out as he didn't want to get the he didn't want to get the Bo Levi treatment, you know, and get transitioned by Bill Belichick. So he went down to Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl. So I think that I think legacy can spur people to continue their careers. Yeah. I don't think that legacy in terms of having achieved certain things very often spurs people to give it up earlier. Right? Yes. So I that, think that's, that's fair. That'd be my. I think that's be my counterpoint. We. I think that's great, and I think this is going to be an interesting conversation to have the rest of the season because I don't think the story's going away. Um, yeah. No, not at all. Before we move on to league leaders, a few notes on this game. Kadeem Carey had an outstanding game, uh, but still, in a blowout, only got nine carries. The man averaged thirteen point one yards a carry. Um just in honor of Tyler since he's not here. Criminal mismanagement. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, by Dave Dickinson. And then shout out to Kevin Brown, who in the past couple weeks has emerged as like a pretty exciting running back for the Elks. Um, with Wilder going out so early in the year, the run game for the Elks has been inconsistent, has been bad. Uh, but Brown got 91 yards on 10 carries this week. Uh, last week, he got 45 yards on 5 carries. Currently, he's averaging 9.1 yards per carry. And he's also uh, amassed six, uh, 66 yards on 10 receptions, on 10 targets. So he's a good little outlet for Cornelius out of the backfield. Uh, so I think, personally, that would be like maybe the best silver lining other than Kenny Lawler of the elk season so far is our man Kevin Brown from University of Incarnate Word. Holler down, down in Texas. All right. Let's talk league leaders. Unfortunately, our friend Nathan has been passed. McLeod Bethel Thompson is the new passing yards leader at 3,427. Rourke also was passed in passing touchdowns this week with Caleros taking that at 26. Um, so, Nathan, you put up insane numbers in only, I think, nine games. You should still be the MOP, in my opinion. But Very good. Anyway, rushing <laughs> yards. My man, Kadeem Carey, takes the throne from Brady Oliveira. Carey now at 7-12. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who can become the first, if anyone, well, I know it'll be somebody, but who gets to be the first thousand yard rusher? And we do have our first thousand yard receiver on the season as Jalen Acklin extends his lead um, with receiving yards. He it didn't have a great game, only 62 yards against Toronto, but that was enough to push him over the thousand yard mark, and he now sits as 1,025 receiving yards on the season. And then in the sacks department. This guy is an absolute animal. Uh, Lorenzo Molden now has 12 sacks on the year. Uh, 
this dude's a beast for Ottawa. He's wreaking havoc all game. Uh, I wish there was a better team around him. And Sean Lemon has actually jumped in the second with 10 sacks on the season. This, I know it's, this may be, you know, my favorite race in terms of league leaders. Yeah, we got, absolutely. You know, Jeff, just there's, there's only five sacks separating like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like the seven top seven guys on the list. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's a good one to keep an eye out for. Now, let's get in to week 15 predictions. Um, starting with, we, it's a three, it's a three game week, so a little bit light on the action. We start with Edmonton against Saskatchewan. Yeah, I really would like, I, I think they can be competitive, but I still, I think Saskatchewan gets the job done. So my pick is the Rough Riders. I am, I'm going to just, I'm going to ride with Edmonton. Okay. I, I, th- I think this is a toss-up game. Um, I, this could be competitive. Maybe toss-up is too too strong a word. I think this would this this can be a competitive game. Um, no, no, forget it. No, God, good lord, oh, God, mad. Th- what are they? Three and nine? No, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> you almost talked yourself into it. No, good lord, no, it no, no, no. Saskatchewan is three and nine. They're they're terrible. That's they're be- no. The Edmonton's terrible. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Edmonton is three and nine. They're terrible. Yes, and not. Yeah, no. Okay, so okay. we're picking the Riders. We're picking the Riders. Okay, I'm picking the Riders. Tyler is picking three the and riders. ten. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. You know now that you've shamed them by reading their record aloud that they will win. Uh, That's true. I think we we'll probably we haven't gotten. I'm doing them a in. favor. They owe me. Yes. All right. Let's move on <laughs> to the next. Uh, I mean. Do we need do we need to get into the nitty gritty here? I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for Hamilton, uh, but they're not finishing the game uh, because this is good. they're going to get not not that they're going to get injured they're going to just get blown out. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Bombers get the job done. I agree. <laughs> Tyler agrees. Um, <laughs> and then finally, this is the one we need to talk about because this is an interesting game. The last time these two teams played, things were a whole lot different. Nathan Rourke was the quarterback of the BC Lions. Bo Levi Mitchell was the quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders. Nathan Rourke led an incredible fourth quarter, second half comeback to beat the Stampeders. I shot a 90 on the golf course, which was my best score of the summer. Nice. Uh, So it was a good day all around. Uh, Now things are looking different. Obviously, as we just discussed, it is Jake Mayer time in Calgary, and it is Vernon Adams time in BC as VA officially is going to get his first start as a member of the Lions. Um, I am going to pick. I would love nothing more. I would love nothing more than BC to win this game so we can like say there's a viable third team right now. I don't, I don't think that will happen, though. I'm going to pick the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah, it be I, great though if VA threw for like four hundred? That would be really cool. Has <laughs> VA ever thrown for four hundred? In my dreams. I, I wonder. I, I wonder what that stat would be. Like, 
Let's see. Like I... the this the stats I'd like. VA games over four hundred. <laughs> VA games over two fifty with one or fewer interceptions. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great uh so let's see. So <laughs> this let's see what his game like this season he had a high of 250 uh, and really the only game that he actually played against Calgary so that wasn't very good let's go back you talk tell me why you're picking Calgary and I'll do some research real quick uh so uh BC has a quarterback that has spent the entire season on the bench yeah um and then I guess also injured um and he's now going up against a team who uh, is doing very well with a strong quarterback, um, you know, with their eight and four, they're high scoring. They've got an amazing weapon in Malik Henry and also in Kadeem Carey oh, the bagel um, man. and Reggie Bagleton. So an, an incredibly strong uh Incredibly strong offense. Yeah, and their defense uh, they, hits. And they the have yeah the number two sack, number two sacker in the in the league, Sean Lemon. Um, they're just there's a solid team. I don't see a way. I'm not going to go. I I am not saying this. Okay, but people are saying. People, I'm not even saying people are. People could say that this isn't going to be close. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be close. Uh, oh, okay well, okay. well, excuse me. As far as the VA thing goes, uh, week 15 of the 2019 season, uh, he did throw for 488 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. There you go. That is So he can do it. He, it's possible for sure. But yes, the likelihood of him doing so, I think, is low. Uh, it would have been great. This is, called, this is good storytelling. This is called a callback. It would have been great if he got a bunch of reps this past week against Montreal. <laughs> Uh, so he's a little more in tune with the offense. Um, I don't know about you, but I think that probably would have been beneficial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think exactly what you said. Uh, Calgary is a legitimate, really good team. I think they're the second. You know, they're the second best team in the league. Um, I think that they're fresher, a new look. Um, and I just, obviously, because he's the best player in the league, um, it's difficult what's happened to BC without Nathan Rourke um, to see such a hard drop-off offensively. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just hopeful that they find some footing so that they're competitive throughout the rest of the year because if they just drop off so hard that they start getting blown out week in and week out, uh, that would really not be fun. So my only hope is that it is competitive, but I just don't really see that happening. So that's my take. That's my take for that. That's a great take. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad I've finally met someone who's saying that. Um, yeah. Because I'm not bold enough. No, you wouldn't be bold enough. It's not you. <laughs> um, let's talk the real competition. Okay. Which is CFL Fantasy. Tell us what's up. So at this point, I'm going to jump ahead and just tell you where we're at, and I'll tell you where how we got there. So oh, again, great storytelling. <laughs> so currently, if uh, 
my internet now would uh, speed up. Um, currently, what we're doing is, uh, is we're sitting at, John, you are at 179.5 points. Nice. I am 42.3 points behind you at 130 or 1037.2. And then Tyler is another 43 points behind me at 994.2. This is much different than just a few weeks ago. Um, when you jumped me, uh, that was week nine where, um, I lost the lead for the first time. Uh, well, except for the early, early weeks. Um, but I had a fairly, uh, commanding lead of 50 or so points and held, held strong for a few weeks. And then I had a, a string of just really, really, really bad weeks. That 28 um, point week. That 28. Yeah. That was very That's, bad. That I, might come I, back to haunt you. I dropped down to third. I dropped down to third, <laughs> and uh, I crawled last week within 12 points, or actually nine points, rather, of Tyler, and then just blew past him this week. Uh, and so now I've got you in my crosshairs, and I did that by having my first 100-point week of the season, if you can believe it. You got it um, done. I finally did it. Uh, it was a, a very, very solid effort. Um, BC defense helped me squeak over. They were my lowest at, at five points. Um, and then everyone else did, did really well. Obviously wish I had, uh, had an extra 12 points, um, because of Tommy Stevens. Um, yes. I went with Jake Mayer over Zach Caleros. Zach had his best game of the, the season, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so hundred point six, and that was enough to, to, you know, to win the week. And then you were close behind a good week. 79.5 is very respectable. Um, obviously the big challenge, Vernon Adams, four reps. Uh, so he only had 0.7 points, but uh, Curly, Gurley, Jurley, our guy, 30.1. A huge game, 150 some odd yards, a touchdown. Um, Awesome. I wish, Uh, let me interrupt you really quick. I wish for Curly's sake, because you know how awards work where, like, um, you know, they decided to give Shakespeare in Love the Best Picture Award, but they made okay. sure to give Spielberg Best Director for Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yes. So I feel that if Rourke would to have played the whole year, they give him MOP and Curly gets to be MOC because they don't want Rourke to double up and be too greedy. Uh, if, but now as, was, as they're going to give both. Caleros MOP, and I think Rourke gets MOC, even though Curly's having a really good year. Yeah, there's just not enough awards to go. There around. is not enough awards. No, it's horrible. I, I do. I do feel like there are enough. Maybe not enough for a running back award. Yeah, but there's certainly enough receivers to have a receiver award. Well, they could do it like how the NFL has their Offensive Player of the Year. Because the NFL, you know, they unofficially decided that the MVP is only for quarterbacks. Unless there's right. like extreme circumstances. Uh, I know this is a CFL podcast, but just making an example. Last year, Cooper Cup had one of, if not the best year ever from wide receiver. Ever in NFL history. And he did not get the MVP. 
they gave him the offensive player of the year of course <laughs> uh so yeah it would be nice uh it would be nice if there was that little but but the good thing though is that the cfl the mop is open to all positions and a bunch of different people can win it so that that they kind of don't have a total need for an offensive defensive or you know an offensive player of the year because they're actually willing to give the award to a running back or a receiver you know which is great absolutely anyway <laughs> Well, it's uh, going to feel good to have a quarterback in fantasy this week. That's all I can say. <laughs> I've had one for two weeks straight. <laughs> our rules are our rules. And by our rules, I mean the rules that you and I have agreed on for our fantasy league. So I've done it to myself are incredibly restrictive. They're actually incredibly generous. <laughs> yes. But there is no other fantasy league where me. you get your injured <laughs> quarterbacks replacement yeah. automatically. That's fair. We are helpful. (laughs) No other. Anyways, Tyler, uh, at one point in second place, and actually fairly close to you, uh, has fallen off considerably. So he was in last place with only 48.4, not helped by um, a negative three from Sketch, and then uh, single digit efforts from T. Harris, Brady Oliveira, and Dom Rimes. Uh, Then Peter, although he's out of it, he did get um, 60.3 points, enough for third place. Another miss for Peter, Stephen Dunbar Jr. played plays for a team that did not play this week. That that hurts. That hurts the the cause. Peter is impervious to <laughs> like set your lineup reminders or you know check who's on a buy. The thing is, he actually did set his lineup. He just forgot. He didn't he, check he the swap, bye week. He swap, Yeah, exactly. He swapped in. I can't remember who he had, but he swapped in. Lucky, oh yeah, he swapped in Lucky Whitehead for KSB, and uh, just left Stephen Dunbar on there. Yes. Going into, <laughs> do we have? Have we consulted? Do we have enough? Does everybody have enough healthy players to do a fantasy in a three in a three a game week, or are we taking a bye week? Well, we have two three game weeks in a row. Oh. I have. Well, I guess. So I don't have a running back. Okay. Um, by but I do have an extra quarterback. Oh God! Right. So like I have uh, Caleb Evans and uh, Jake Mayer and Zach Caleros. Um, so I think I think a person could structure their teams, their roster to have enough players. I'm for me. I think it's better to just not score a running back this week than turn one of my players loose. Yeah, because my option would be turn out Caleb Evans. Somebody picks him up, and they also would then get the rights to Jeremiah Masoli. Um, oh, so I forgot I'll, he was still going to come back this year. Yeah, so that that so I'm holding that, and then also what are my other options? Oh, uh, Nate Behar, Nate Jack uh, for R.J. Harris. Um, yes. So I'm going to hold on to him. So. I have the option if I wanted to 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 get a running back, but instead of finding some backup, I'm just not going to bother with it and, and take the zero for that. So I'm open to it. Um, I would not be averse to skipping this week, but I can field a team. Okay, we're going to have to discuss it in the group text, but that's for off the pod. As for on the <laughs> pod, before we say goodbye and and wish you well. Uh, Tweet us any questions at Shups and Preds or email them to shupsandpreds at gmail.com. 
Uh, thank you for listening to another episode. We always appreciate it. Uh, come back next week where we're going to tell you either that Calgary has cemented themselves firmly as the second best team or that BC has reappeared, uh, which either of those outcomes is surely going to lead to a lot of talking points. Matt, any final notes before we sign off? No, that's all. Peace, guys. See you next week. (laughs) See you.